Hello, everybody, and welcome to a Speculate Strange Friends one-shots. It's so plural because we're doing several of them and because we're having a wacky fun time today uh, because we're going to be playing a game called Slug Blaster, which I had heard great things about for months, honestly, and I'm excited for us to try it out. Hi, everybody. I am joined by some, but not all, of the Strange Friends today, our... Our universes are being assaulted by difficulty and um, scheduling challenges. So as many of us are here today as can be, and we are looking forward to having fun with a new game to us. So thank you for joining us uh, for this joint Speculate Arvin Eleron activity on the channel. Uh, thank you to Greg for being a gracious host. Uh, thank you to you for watching us either live on Twitch uh, as we are broadcasting the recording we're making now, or if you're watching it later on, however you watch, that's great. And if you're listening on the podcast, we love you as well. You are all wonderful and great. Thank you for your time. I am going to ask my lovely strange friends to uh, briefly introduce themselves. Uh, we're not going to talk about characters in Slugbaster just yet. So brief introductions, starting with Valerie. Hello, friends. I am Valerie Valdez, the author of the Chilling Effect trilogy and the forthcoming Where Peace is Lost, a fun space fantasy for y'all to enjoy. I also stream on Twitch as the kids are asleep. Next is Yuri. Happy times then, everyone. Who's to know? Oh, Yuri, your favorite gremlin. I am back. And Brandon. Hello, everyone. It is I, Brandon O'Brien, poet, writer, and game designer from Trinidad and Tobago, one of the co-hosts of the Speculate podcast alongside Mike and our invisible friend Greg, and here to make a mess, I guess. This game has skateboards in it. I've never been on one, so I, I'm, I'm very uh, intrigued to have, play a character who also struggles to figure out what that means. I am Mike. I write as Michael R. Underwood. I am one of the co-hosts of Speculate, and I am going to be the slug master for today's game because that's what the the game master or stage manager is called in this game because it is a fun and wacky game. This is a Forged in the Dark type game. Uh, it is created by Mikey Ham, and you can find more information about Slug Blaster at wilkies.itch.io. We are using the kit for Slug Blaster Turbo, which is a kind of condensed accelerated game, but you can also find the full Slug Blaster game at wilkies.itch.io, and I'll make sure that we get that text into the chat and into our description so that we can uh, send people to uh, check out this cool game that Mikey made that we are going to uh, try out and enjoy this evening. Yuri, is there anything else you want to uh, share with us today about things you do? Oh. Oh. We're doing this, are we? Yes, okay. I have a book out. It is called Hybrid Heart. It is cyberpunk. It is about idols. You can pre-order it now from Neon Hemlock, or you can wait till Tuesday and get it on various other retailers that... I don't know much about because I try not to know about the production end of things. 
Okay, so today we are going to be playing uh, Slug Blaster, as I mentioned. Uh, this is a game about being adventurous teenagers in a multiverse, jumping between various dimensions with cool science fantasy hoverboards, doing sick tricks, and trying to become famous for doing awesome, brave, ridiculous things as adventurous teenagers. Uh, Slug Blaster draws on a bunch of different kind of wild teen media that ranges across a, you know, a bunch of different things. My main touchstones for this, I think, are going to be stuff like the cartoon Kipo and the Age of Wonder Beasts, uh, which is a Netflix show that I really like, as well as kind of almost like something like the Marvel's Exiles, like multidimensional stuff, a bit of genre knots in there, because why wouldn't I? And for tonight's adventure, you all are going to be a group of slug busters, which are slug blasters, which is what kind of crews are called in this game, who have uh, learned about a uh, like a super fancy party that will be a great way to get a bunch of like get a bunch of style and acclaim as a group of slug blasters because um, there is a kind of a famous person in the world of Athena. That is um, uh, Athens three, uh, because it is a like far future science fantasy version of Athens, which is like a couple of dimensions uh, over in this kind of neighborhood of interdimensional travel. And uh, so Doris Call is throwing a blowout party this Saturday night. And rumor has it that he's going to do a collab with whoever impresses him the most that night. And getting to do a collab with uh, Doris Cal is guaranteed to impress everybody at school, everybody at the various jobs or social functions that you may uh, occupy, and would absolutely make probably most of your weeks, if not months, because Doris Call is that fancy. The other thing you need to know is that everybody love Greedy Zakaska's pizza. And so people are commissioning slug blasters to deliver the supreme horde meal deal from Zakaska's across various dimensions. Zakaska's exists in the dimension known as Polygon, Fortunately, Polygon is only one dimension over from your dimension, which resembles greatly Earth in the late 1990s to the early 2000s, except then there's preposterous dimension uh, dimension jumping tech technology, as well as other things that come along with being a slug blaster. So that is a bit of introduction, and now let's meet our characters. The playbooks in Slug Blaster are kind of based off of archetypes. Of uh, cool, uh, of cool teens, and uh, we're going to get to that after we do one more declamation slash declamation. Yes, as I have forgotten to tell everyone, thank you all for reminding me. I am a wizard of the coast, and FTC and company regulations obligate me to tell you this. I am a wizard, but I'm not working on any of the projects you've heard of, so don't at me. So with that, with that. Uh, sorted. We are going to talk a little bit about our characters. And because we are all playing Slug Blaster for the first time, we are going to be learning as we go. We're using the Slug Blaster Turbo Kit, which has this great kind of play sheet in Google Sheets. I'm going to take us over to, to our overlay that highlights this. And let's go over to the chill. Valerie, can you tell us about your character? Yes. So my character is the chill. I am playing Leah Moreno, 
and uh, she, her pronouns. She has a really chill family, which explains partly why she is so chill. Uh, and we are marginalized, which is you can you can see on the sheet, if, assuming that everyone's looking at the thing that uh, you basically pick two different things you use to describe your family. And so that is what my sheet has relaxed and marginalized. And so we are sort of a working class Hispanic family. Um, and the bond that I have uh, is a shared experience with the guts, which is you will find out more about the guts later. But I was the person who found the guts. And so that is my shared experience bond. The aesthetic that my character has just woke up. So it looks like she always just rolled out of bed. Oversized, but ripped. <laughs> Relaxed. And uh, carries around a portable speaker. Because, you know, you got to have your music with you wherever you go. Board is a long board that's stickered covered. And the ray gun is a worn-in photon pistol. It's probably a hand-me-down from an older sibling because that's how you roll. Uh, the other gear that she has, phone, hacking tools, repair tools, and a void wear backpack, which is really cool because it can theoretically store anything, yeah. all the things. And so every character in Slug Blaster has a signature weapon, which is a, a, a piece of like especially cool technology that will let them get bonuses. Um, the, sometimes those are bonus dice. Sometimes they are extra effect um, is the term we would use if we were playing another Forge in the Dark game. In this game, it is a boost and turbo. Boost is an extra die. Turbo is uh, the equivalent of extra effect. And each character is going to have one of these signature items. So that is that. Let us go now to the smarts. So I am playing uh, Teddy Goodwin, pronounced they, them. Don't ever call Teddy by their whole name, because they will be very, very mad at you. Teddy is from a very strict and very boring family, the kind of very strict and very boring family that typically makes someone uh, an overachiever in the, in the intellectual department in the first place, and has actually discovered that they hate it, and would like to do something more radical with their life than just read and ace exams all the time, so that's why they picked up slug blasting. Their aesthetic is androgynous, muted, and with lots of brand new stuff, because I, the other benefit of being in a strict and boring family is once you're doing well, your parents will just buy you cool shit, which is why my board is a new hologram board. I have a circuit bent zero beam ray gun. My phone is better than your phone. I have a space-time amphimeter, so I can always tell where the the thin space between universes are. I have my own copy of all of the multiversal maps, and I have brand new Rift Ninja sneakers, so I can literally phase through solid objects. Sweet. And last but not least, the guts. Yes. Party size is a oversized sentient mantis from a very nearby dimension whom the team picked up during one of their sessions. All right. Uh, Party size was named by Leah because this is a party sized mantis. This is not a single serving mantis. Very cool. And anything else we should know about your character in terms of bonds, aesthetic, board, or anything mm -hmm. else? The team has brought party size back to the primary earth and 
is hiding it from their parents while also merchandising. <laughs> Party Size's own family is meta-terrestrial and big. They are just one of many, many, many eggs. Got it. They are flashy. They have an iridescent carapace and huge eyes. They have found out that they really love earth caffeine and earth clothing. They're usually wearing a baseball cap. Both their board and ray gun are secondhand and items that are handed down from Teddy. Because Teddy got something new. And also, they grew out of this board ages ago because it's sized for a child. Got it. Perfect. Their ray gun is a hell wave. Additionally, they are carrying a phone, also secondhand. A huge pack of stickers and can badges, all of which have their own face on them. Beautiful. And a grappling hook. So is that grappling hook part, uh, is that attached to your ray gun or is it a separate thing? Separate thing attached to a funny little belt. Awesome. So I'll talk a little bit about how the game works. In Slug Blaster, you always have one die that you roll when you are met with an obstacle and there's a question of whether you're going to succeed. You can boost your roll if you have an available boost in your basically on your playbook list in under attitude or in your signature item. And each Die symbol, uh, die symbol on your sheet is one boost that you can use, and each lightning bolt circle is a kick that you can add. And a kick will mean that your action has a greater impact. So if I was, if a character was going to say like, okay, well I use the ray gun on uh, the math panther to knock it out, I'd say like math panthers are pretty tough. I don't know that one hit is going to take them out. Uh, and then a, car- a player might say, oh, well, I'm going to use uh, a turbo from my photonic jacket as the jacket like flashes lights. And so I'm shooting the, 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 the math panther and kind of dazing it with the lights. And I go, oh, okay, yeah. So if that works, um, that greater effect means that the math panther will kind of get chased off. Uh, and these are things that you decide before you roll. And you can also use boosts and turbos for other characters. So if you wanted to like help somebody, you can spend one of your boosts or kicks for them and we figure out how it is that you're supporting the action that they're taking. We are going to use the or we're going to try to use the dice roller in these sheets. This is the same range where if your highest result is a one, two, or three, that is a complication without success. A four or a five is a success and a complication. And if your highest is a six, it is just a success with no complication. If you are rolling multiple dice and get multiple sixes, that's a crit. And you succeed with style and maybe even with like a free turbo with, for greater effect. In terms of other stuff on the character sheets, there is kind of a summary of basic how to play, action rolls, adding dice, things like that on every playbook sheet. And then each playbook has specific abilities. So here on the guts, there's look cool, do something in a bold, stylish way, tell the GM then roll your action like normal, show off, and attitude guts. So each playbook is going to have a couple of things that are specific and distinct in this right-hand section. And then I believe each attitude has its own set of what boosts and turbo you get. I'm going to take over to the chill real quick because the chill has this very special attitude 
uh, the chill always rolls with plus one dice. Things tend to work out. So for uh, for Leah, that you always roll one die rule gets modified. So Leah's always going to roll two dice to start without having to spend other boosts. But the attitude does not then have a separate pool of boosts and kicks. And so there's a yeah. trade-off there. Yeah, the cool thing for the chill is so they also all have kind of different bonuses and things that that they can do so like the guts has show off the smarts has lateral thinking so the chill has effortless cool and so the reason the chill always gets a bonus die is because i get to mark one style anytime i roll doubles and so having that bonus die intrinsic to the character it just kind of ups the the odds of rolling doubles yeah and so style is it's that that is the kind of fame clout social currency that you all are trying to accrue as slug blasters. And then the other track for characters is trouble. Trouble is like, what if stress was only bad? The more trouble you um, accumulate, the greater the chance that there's going to be some kind of disaster that will manifest either at the end of the mission or somewhere along the way in the mission. So one of the things that I might inflict on with a consequence is giving a character trouble. Unlike other Forged games, resistance works differently here. If you don't like a problem, so if I introduce a consequence or I give you trouble, you can say nope and describe how you avoided it instead. Using nope to not take trouble is probably a bad idea because you're going to take too trouble for that, which is part of the way um, in which it's like it's like stress. So you're more likely to use nope if you're going to take a slam, which is kind of like some type of harm. So a slam might be, you get stunned. Uh, and so that's going to impact your roles for a while. You might say, uh, no, I don't want to get stunned. And then you're going to take, you know, we describe it, you'll take some trouble. If you fill up your trouble track, that basically guarantees that I'm going to unleash some big trouble on you. But as you're playing, you're going to want to uh, try to accumulate style because that's like the scoreboard. Um, you were playing for points in something like Blades in the Dark. You're trying to get rep and coin here. It's all about style. So that is a bit of an overview. Iori, have you selected a signature item? I have chosen the photonic jacket because this can display patterns. And part of the way that my friends have been able to take me around Earth is by making me do camouflages. Oh, very cool. Awesome. So each of these items is going to give the characters another pool of boosts and turbo. uh, And then each of them has like a a special fictional uh, capability or set of um, abilities that they have. And so character you're going to players, you're going to want to keep those in mind as well as the special stuff from your playbook uh, and any descriptions on your ray gun and board and things like that. So every slug blaster has a a board that is like basically this is a hoverboard like Marty McFly in Back to the Future 2. It can get up to like 10, 15 feet of air with a proper ramp and lead up, but it's not going to like fly 10 feet above above the ground. And then your ray gun is kind of um, the traditional sidearm of the slug blaster traveling interdimensionally. Uh, by default, it is set to stun because this is a teen adventure and we're probably not going to have much in the way of killing. Does anybody have any questions about rules stuff or the universe or your sheet? Okay. So I think with that, we can begin. 
I would say because of the description that we have in terms of the Slugblasters finding party size and having already done some stuff, and for the sake of the characters having existing bonds, I would say that your group has probably been slug blasting together as this trio for at least a couple of months. And you've pulled a few different jobs, but nothing that's like especially big. And so when on a Thursday, um, somebody hears about Doris Call's party, it's only obvious that uh, the team can take a run at trying to be the ones who get to deliver uh, the Supreme Horde meal to Doris Cal. Here's some stuff that makes the uh, Zakaska's pizza a little bit tricky. Um, they open at a random time every night because they need to keep things interesting. Also, time is a little wobbly between different dimensions. It doesn't quite totally always line up. So, you know, you might jump through a portal and it's noon in Polygon, and then you end up in Gigazoo and it's the middle of the night. And so that can be a little tr a little tricky. You know that the route from Earth to uh, Athrena, the the city where Doris Kahl is throwing his party, is three jumps away. You have to go from Earth to Polygon, from Polygon to Gigazoo, and then from Gigazoo to Athrena. And that means that you're going to need to get to Reedy Sakaska's in time to uh, to pick up the uh, pick up an order for the party and then jump through the different uh, portals. Thing is you know that there's going to be other slug blaster teams trying to pull this off. The the first team that delivers, you know, this set of Supreme Horde meal deals to the party is going to be the ones who are going to get all of the style. So you're going to have to deal with normal dimensional adventure stuff and at least one other team. So uh, we probably don't want to spend too much time on planning, but I'm curious how this trio of characters are feeling about this this adventure and maybe give us a, a little montage of some kind of preparation that you've made. I think it stands to reason that one of the best ways to prepare for a trip like this in particular is to refer to my maps mm -hmm. and see if I can actually predict or otherwise calculate the time that they're going to open. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think you can definitely give me a role for that. Do you, mm -hmm. do you have anything that applies for this type of role? And do you want to spend any boosts or turbo? I mean, I do have my multiversal maps. Uh, so I think that they obviously do count. And I feel like that and my own smarts should be able, I should be able to argue that because we've made this trip before or observed other people making this trip before, it should be theoretically likely to create a fairly robust calculation pattern that should be able to tell us within a realm of certainty how uh, around what time they would open in their own local time zone and True. then figure out the actual traversal time yep. uh, afterward. Cool. So your attitude ability lets you... Add, add dice or kick as needed, and if the action fails, you regain what you spent. Do you want to spend any for this roll? Definitely want to spend kick. Okay. So I have. So yeah, if this succeeds, you will get uh, like more. You'll get a more precise prediction 
on how the, the timeline is going to line up. But I think that means that you're going to be rolling one die. Mm-hmm. Okay. I rolled a six. Luckily, a six is a success and no consequence. So mm-hmm. looking at the multiversal maps and going back through the like social feeds of here is when, you know, here's somebody live streaming from Polygon. Hey, you know, uh, Greedy Zagaskas just opened and you know the time and we get a little montage there. And you are pretty certain that within, you know, a margin of error of uh, two degrees uh, interpreted under Polygon's Planck's constant uh, as being representative of plus or minus five minutes. They should open at 9.45 on Saturday night. And what time is it right now? You all can leave to go to the portal to get to Polygon. I would say anytime Saturday afternoon, depending on your chores and other obligations that you might have. So where do we uh, where do we see this trio as they are um, standing in front of the portal to Polygon? Where do you think the portal is? Is this uh, out by the old um, abandoned Pizza Hut? Is it behind a skate park? It is unfortunately in the dumpster behind the Ralphs, which closed down three weeks ago. Well, that's a big the only bummer. saving grace is that the trash has been picked up. That's a big bummer for the Ralphs. I bet they were they should have been doing great business being right by a portal. Unfortunately, what that meant was it was constantly her just totally slammed with teenagers. And so nobody else ever wanted to shop there anymore because they were really sick of it. Right. And who would want to work? Booming business in Lunchables and basically nothing else. Well, that's a bummer for the Ralphs. Um, Yeah. So the. I think there are there are locations, right? Because um, we know from from Teddy's uh, gear that you can you can observe places where the 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 thread or the veil between dimensions is limited, uh, and then use. What do you think Slugblasters use to open portals? Is this something that goes with the ray gun or the board or something else? I feel like the board, and I think it's probably like a per person thing. I think mine is an old garage clicker. (laughs) Okay. Very cool. We have a little bit of everybody's aesthetic, but if anybody wants to describe your outfit for the evening, I uh, far be it from me from uh, standing in the way of letting Slugblasters show off their style. Mm -hmm. I am wearing what like is fashioned in the style of like an old Spanish military coat. Hmm. But it's all navy blue and the collars are so high and so stiff that if I pop them, they literally will cover my the bottom half of my face. So that's what I do. I have a pair of uh, black fingerless gloves. My Trousers are also navy blue, and I just put, like, another very cool holographic sticker on my uh, Rift Ninja sneakers. The sticker actually very comically reads, I was here when Ralphs died. (laughs) Uh, Very cool. Uh, Party size or uh, Leah? Okay, so Leah is definitely wearing a really loose, um, like... It's a t-shirt with a pit-up of a, like, a really cute witch flying on a broom. 
Mm. And or on a you know what? Witch is on a skateboard. So really cute witch, pinup witch on a skateboard, skirts blown up, baggy ripped jeans, and the in universe equivalent of vans. Very nice. Right. It's like uh because we can only display certain brands, it's like uh stands. Yeah, and it's also like they're they came from a, a thrift store. <laughs> they're sure. they're not new, they're scuffed, they have they're patched. Like she makes her own patches uh, to the extent that that's possible and sews them on to fix stuff and that's cool. do what you can. Party Size is wearing their photonic jacket. And do you remember Windbreaker sets from the 90s? Windbreaker sets? I don't. Tell me about them. Yes. With... A lot of Windbreakers used to be sold with horrible matching pants. That also made the terrible noise that Windmakers make. Windbreakers yes! make. Right. Oh my gosh! And Party the colors. Size has acquired a terrible neon fuchsia set of pants that make an awful lot of noise. They have appliqued fake Nike swooshes onto the knees. Very cool. And also, they're wearing a baseball cap. Party Size sure still isn't entirely sure what baseball is, but people seem to react really really strongly to this hat and that's funny all right i'm now i'm thinking about like is there a interdimensional baseball league uh and absolutely and if like what baseball it's yeah. like baseball but baseball very nice mm -hmm. does party size know what the name of the team that their hat uh uh represents hmm or is that a secret we will discover in time? Let's keep that a secret for now. Okay. The portal's right there. I don't think uh, you don't have to roll to open the portal, but I will uh, I will probably be calling for a roll shortly once you get into Polygon. Uh, Polygon is a dimension where everything is 3D CG, but not current 3D CG. Everything is 1990s uh, Simpsons Treehouse of Horror. Hor uh, Homer goes into 3D graphics land, uh, 3D CG. Oh my god, we just walked into FF7. What? Yeah. And so a big thing about the pizzas from Greedy Sakaskas is sometimes they stay in their form from polygon and if you can keep the pizza fresh enough that it's still in polygon form that's going to be worth more style and so as the three of you step through into polygon uh you know you you re can regard yourself in your 3d cg fashion i would imagine that all of you have probably been through polygon before and so out beyond you it's kind of like if you imagine a like a, a, a like a math textbook from approximately the same time where there's like, here's a cone and here's a sphere. And there's like the gradation shading, the, the whole ground, as far as you can see in every direction is just like black grid with pale orange or like is black floor with pale orange grid on it. And then there are various geographic and building features on top of it. Also, there is a gigantic cone right there uh, and it's rolling your way. So you're probably going to want to do something about that. Yo, no, that's not cool, man. All right. So definitely going to 
so if it's a cone, I'm assuming that is one end off of the ground. Like, how is the cone rolling? So the cone, uh, you notice, is rolling kind of sweeping toward you like it is a, a hand on a clock because it is flush with the ground. So there's the small point that is far away from you. And then you can see that is the cone is pivoting around that point and is going to sweep and roll right over you. Okay, so in that case, Leah's going to aim for the narrow part of the cone, like the tip of the cone, mm-hmm. and just try to kind of like slide up the side as it as it comes toward her and then head over the other end basically. Oh, okay, so you're going to surf it like a wave? Yeah. Sick. In Course Slug Blaster, there's basically a devil's bargain equivalent mm-hmm. where you can get a free boost by basically stunting but it is a bigger consequence if you get a consequence oh so no. you get a bonus and you get style if you succeed but the consequences are bigger so do you want to stunt here i'm not gonna stunt yet we're gonna hold off we'll stunt at a more dramatically serious time okay so instead i will simply roll and again because i have um my attitude is chill i always roll plus one d so i've mm-hmm. got two dice do I get any bonuses for anything? I assume not. So you can take boosts from your signature item or someone else could give you a boost. It sounds like Leah is just um, jumping over this herself. That would mean that the others are going to need to address the, they're going to need to deal with this challenge on their own. I think that's probably how it's going to be. So here we go. Okay. Roll in 2d6. That is a one and a six. Wow. Okay. Interestingly, the um, the dice results that show up for me are different than the ones that show up for you. So it's like it's rolling for each person that can see it. So definitely do keep telling me the, the dice results that you get. Oh, yeah. Wow. That I did that's not know alarming. that. But that is, that is, yeah, that's wild. But okay. Yeah. Good to know. I may, I may be misreading it because this is just, this is the first day that I'm uh, using this <laughs> sheet. But yeah, on a six, you kind of, you line it up, you, ca- you know, you, gen- you calculate the angle just right, or maybe... Uh, you just do it on instinct and you kind of float up as the thing is rolling. And so it's a little bit wobbly uh, because it's moving fast enough that your board is having to adjust, but you hang on to it. Uh, you get a decent bit of air. And as you go over, you can hear just the faint sound of crackling in the distance, but we'll get back to that. How uh, big is this cone again? The base where it is the widest is about 20 feet a 20 foot diameter. Oh, I would like to kick flip off it and then and race parallel to it. And because I am the guts, I have the trait show off, which gives me one plus one D six when I do a trick. Okay. Very cool. So that would mean that you're going to be at, so I think the thing with a trick is actually just that you get the bonus style rather than getting a bonus die, um, which then makes the guts thing make sense. Mm-hmm. So that would mean that you're going to have two uh, two dice. Do you want to throw um, any turbo on this? You're already going to get greater effect because nah. of, a, of a stunt. Okay. Mm-hmm. I got the six and the one. Very cool. So yeah, Leah kind of bust, you know uh, throws down the uh, throws down her board and goes over uh, party size. You know, describe your sick trick. <laughs> you always never skateboarded I only know theoretically what a kickflip is from listening to other podcasts yeah if it's a kickflip that's cool I think a kickflip is you you spin the board around and then you land mm-hmm. on it which is cool yes. 
So you should. You know what? Party size puts a little extra juice on that. While the board is spinning and party size in the air, it does a front flip. Awesome. So mark one style on your style track for a successful stunt. Okay, Teddy, you're either going to get left behind or squished under a gigantic cone unless you do something. What do you do? <laughs> so my sneakers allow allow me to uh, roll to face through walls on other matter or allow matter to pass through me harmlessly. So I'm just going to let it hopefully just kind of pass through me and keep going. Okay, cool. Uh, so you get the one die there. Do you want to add I... anything to that? Since I am using the sneakers, I am going to just add one die. So that's going to be a roll with two dice. I got a six and a four. Awesome. So yeah, uh, you know, your your companions, they're looking cool, but they had to work a lot more. What does it take to activate this on the on the sneakers? Is there like a uh, like pump up button type thing or something else? It's designed to be able to activate um, intangibility while still on the move. Okay. So I imagine that there is a recess in the heel on the like furthest outward side of the heel that you just step on and it just allows, it just kind of briefly makes you intangible. So I just kind of lean back. I just kind of let it just kind of whoosh through me. Yeah, and... Uh, what does it feel like when stuff moves through you? Like, do you feel anything or? Oh, it actually, actually kind of sucks. Being intangible means that I can't maintain the inhalation of oxygen. Um, I can't do this for long periods of time. Okay. Yeah. So it does feel like something was briefly poking me in the uh, lungs and then it just left. All right. So the cone sweeps through you. It feels bad, but now it is past you. And Teddy, you know from your maps that uh, the path to Zakaska's takes you off kind of to the left and down that set of rolling hills. So you're not going to have to deal with the cone again. However, I mentioned earlier for Leah that um, she heard, heard a, uh, like a distant buzzing. Uh, the buzzing gets closer and then it changes to wee-hoo, wee-hoo, wee-hoo. And you realize that there is a a modem banshee coming. So modem banshees are kind of uh, creatures that are emergent from Polygon. And if they get close enough, uh, they will basically pull you into the fabric of Polygon itself because the, the modem banshee, uh, her call is a representation of the connection between polygon and the other dimensions so you're probably going to want to take cover or do something about that um uh, kind of electronic screeching that's coming toward you all right are there places to take cover nearby or no i would say that there are but how good of cover it is that's going to be something that probably takes a roll to figure out uh alternately i could shoot it with my pew pew gun but that also seems a little funky uh the other thing that i have so this is a modem thing all right, so I'm going to sell you something. Okay. Let's see if you buy it. I have a portable speaker. Uh-huh. It's just a thing that I, I'm always wearing because it's a cool thing to have. Do I maybe have like the right track to just throw on that will somehow cancel out the noise this thing is making and therefore basically disconnect it? Like 
in the old days when you used to call somebody and then it would disconnect their modem because caller ID. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that sounds cool to me, honestly. I don't remember the actual rule for flashbacks, but I'm going to say if you mark one trouble, the equivalent okay. of one stress, then we can just say that you have the right, basically, counter song. Yeah, because I would have expected this sort of thing to happen potentially in this particular dimension. So. Yeah, you you knew absolutely that you're going to have to travel through Polygon. Yeah, um, exactly. And so I would have queued it up on my not iPod. Okay. <laughs> Is this like a, a because we're in like a, a wobbly anachronistic technology world i'm thinking like okay is this like a you know spin wheel ipod is it like an ipod mini is it something else yeah let's say it's kind of like an ipod mini because yeah it's not fancy enough to have a really cool screen and so it's just i gotta listen to it i gotta know what the sound is of it and then uh, put it on my speakers okay all right i'm gonna roll for it or no yeah i would say the roll I think you're going to have a greater, um, a, you're going to basically get a free turbo here because mm-hmm. you have something else that is protecting you. Um, mm-hmm. But if you want to find either a place to hide or a path through, I think that'll take a role. I think that probably it like she believes in the ability of this thing to protect her from this, this critter. And it's like it, either it will drive it away from her like a sonic shield or it will cancel it out like some sort of wave sign function thing so she's just going to keep rolling man cool Cool. Uh, in that case i will have you make a trouble roll so you're going to roll 1d6 if you get a one there will be trouble otherwise you'll be fine okay and then do i get my bonus attitude chill die for this as well or no Uh, i think trouble rolls are are separate Okay, um, so one dice instead of two dice. Yep. All right, here we go. Let's see what happens. It's a two. Fail, and there's a problem. So on a trouble roll, all you need to do is get Not higher than one. your your current amount of trouble. Um, oh, okay, so and one. I have one, so I am higher, so I'm good. Yep, and so the you know we get the the kind of the counter song playing. Um, is this like what what does it sound or feel like? Uh, that's kind of counter. Uh, I think it actually would be funny if it just sounds like a call coming in, like just like the kind of thing that caller ID would be disrupting, basically. So the equivalent of that, like, oh, no, I got kicked off the Internet because it's a call came in. Yeah. And so that like that plays. And in the distance, you see this kind of slightly uh, slightly pixelated GameCube era, or actually more like Sega Dreamcast era um, technology, like v- um, visuals, Banshee with kind of like too static hair because the hair isn't animated well enough, but it's kind of like po- big and poofy. And it's just like soaring through the air toward you. Um, and then when it hears that kind of uh, that call music, it kind of veers off and goes a different direction because obviously there's nobody here anymore. Uh, and you are current, you are temporarily out of danger. Um, and I think we can take a moment here to chat if you want. Um, but then we'll probably skip forward a little bit. You're doing great so far. That was rad as hell. Yeah. Whoa. Where did that cone even come from? Well, a lot of the geography of this place is just naturally hostile. It's just kind of likes making shapes and sending them places. It's wild. 
I want to grind off the edge of a rhombus. I think it. You can probably find a like a an immobile rhombus in uh, in a polygon uh, forest. There's like a small grove that's uh, just to the west before you get to Greedy's mm-hmm. Cascas. So it won't ta- it won't yeah. take too much time. Nah. I want garlic knots more than I want to grind off a rhombus. Okay. Oh, garlic knots. So good. Party besides did have like the good sense to call in an order for the team before they were on their way. Mm -hmm. But party size doesn't have any human money. So one of you is paying. (laughs) It's probably me. Okay. So I think, we will cut forward to like a long shot of Greedy Sakaskas, uh, which looks a little bit like what if you took um, like a pizza planet, made it more like an arcade, but then had it depicted in video game graphics, a la the old Earthworm Jim video games. Um, and so it's atop this hill. It's got different lights that it's like, you know, kind of spotlights that it's shooting up into the sky. And there is, uh, there's mesh core music playing um, all the time because like, that's just the vibe at, uh, at Greedy Zakaskas. And there's already, there's uh, already a few people around, but these folks don't actually look like slug blasters. These are locals. You know, you've got some some square folks over here. Some um, there's a like a triangle biker gang over there. Uh, it hasn't really picked up just yet. Um, and you see that the lights are on, but they're the takeout window is not open yet. That's cool. We could stand in line or whatever. Sit down service is not available either, is it? I mean, it is, but that would be a great way to to get behind in the race mm. to um, Doris Cal's party. Okay, so it would not actually be time efficient to just order the stuff as a sit down and then box it ourselves. No, I, um, based gotcha. on previous experience, if the order that you placed ahead of time gets recognized then you're in good. Otherwise, you're just going to need to walk up. One of the things that's weird about time with Zakaska's here is that like online ordering is very uh, iffy. Mm-hmm. Okay, line it is, I guess. Yep. And as uh, as you kind of walk down a hill, note like realizing that the, the grade is actually steeper than you imagine because the lines get closer together, uh, like a topography, uh, like a topographical map. Off to the side, you realize that there is another crew incoming, and you know because you can see, you can see Finale. And the, my question is: uh, Is Finale the the character that's a rival? Finale being a dancer slash singer who wants to become a superstar, or is it somebody else in the Two Hive crew? I think it has to be Finale. It's like. She like this 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 description sounds like too popular for me and too stuck up for Leah. She's just so obsessed with clicks, you know. Like why though? Just go with it. You you know, you don't have to try so hard to be viral all the time. Just let it happen. Yeah, and the thing with finale is that finale because we're in anachronism land, I think all teenage jargon across several decades is used at the same time. So you might call Finale either a poser or a tryhard. Yeah. Por que no los dos? Like, 
Yeah. And so um, Finale is there along with Ali Ollie, who is um, the Two Hive Crew's like techie type. And then, uh, of course, they are led by Frenchie, who is actually Canadian. But is Frenchie <laughs> French Canadian? Yes, it's not that weird. Um, and so Frenchie is Frenchie is kind of the straight man for the group, but of course he's gay, which he you know makes as much fun of as possible. Um, he is your kind of square jawed, broad, uh, broad shouldered, like Boy Scout type, and, and you know does his best to look out for the others. Um, Ali Ali is kind of always has like a vest with a bunch of pockets for, you know, wrenches and tape and everything. Um, and has like, um, like the kind of quote unquote Russian, um, like fuzzy hat, but the logo that, on, uh, that is on it is a, a math Panther, which is a, a creature from another, a uh, couple dimensions over. Um, and then finale tonight is wearing a bodysuit with a bunch of purple sequins on it, and then a uh, a fascinator with a smaller fascinator on top of it. Ah, oh, so extra. And so Why? finale sees you. They are a little bit closer, and then they start running. Yo, what? No, <laughs> no way. Trying to get in front of us. Mm -hmm. They are going to get there first unless you do something. No, I want to do a collection of silly things. Okay. Start talking. Are we theoretically uphill or downhill? You are still a bit uphill from the pizza place. And uh, the Two Hive crew is... They are... Uh, up a slightly smaller hill, uh, but they, because they started running first, they have a little bit of a lead on you right now. Um, and they are just straight up running rather than using their boards. Cool. And I presume that there is still a lot of very solid objects uh, in between us as well. Yeah, this part is much more like a actual street and kind of with a settlement, so it's less kind of wild rolling shape um like um shapes and more like video gamey slightly uh pixelated you know manhole and cars and buildings mm-hmm. cool hey uh mike mm-hmm. amantis has wings can i use those to make myself go faster on my board oh cool can I just propeller myself the rest of the way up this hill at top speed? Yeah, I think that's definitely something you can roll for. Can we do assists in this game? It actually, I don't remember. Yeah, so oh, what, yeah. what that would mean is that you could spend some of your boosts for somebody else's roll. We just talk about how it is that you're helping. Okay, here's what right. I would like to do. See if this sounds cool. I'm going to I'm going to grab party size and do like a spin. So it's basically like I'm going to like discus you yes. know. Yes. Um, and then so with that with the combo of the wings uh should should I make love party this. size go okay. real fast. Yeah, so uh Leah, if you spend one of um your boosts, you can definitely give a bonus there. So that's probably going to be off of your backpack. Yeah. I, is, is that the die or the, the, um, the lightning? Di- dice, or, dice or boost and lightning is turbo. I would also like to assist. Okay. 
Um, so avoid where backpack I'm just looking at extra contents. Oh, you can make stuff smaller and you can roll to pull a unique item. So I would say maybe you, you can just have a unique item that only applies to this thing. Uh, unless you have another idea of how the backpack helps, uh, Valerie. Yeah. I mean, if it, if it has to use the item, then yeah, I don't, I don't, I guess I can't do the thing, the trick, because I'm not sure how that would work with my backpack. I don't know. Maybe there's like a, like a strap kind of thing, like a, like a dog toy, you know, the rope toys. Mm -hmm. Oh, sure. Okay. I'll pull that out of my backpack. Okay. Like and here, grab it, and then we're gonna spin you. Yes. And how is Teddy helping? So essentially, I am uh, using my smarts to calculate exactly uh, the moment at which angle Leah should let go of Party Size. Uh -huh. And while that's happening, I remind Party Size and don't forget your grappling hook. Yes. When I am in grappling distance, oriented towards the restaurant, I will fire the grappling hook off my belt to drag me even faster and just like juice it with a little more speed. Okay, cool. So yeah, Teddy, you can spend boosts or turbo if you like, and then uh, uh, party size, you can of course spend your own. Yeah, sure. Like I'll throw oh, a, a boost on here. Okay. How many troubles does that give me? One? Um, so if you're spending boosts off of your, um, either your attitude or your signature item, mm. there is no cost in trouble. Okay, then it's going to be coming off attitude. Okay. And then Teddy, what are you what are you assisting with? Uh, I I uh, gave one boost. One boost. Okay. From my attitude. So I think that is uh one boost each from your buddies, so you're going to be at plus 2 dice and then whatever you're doing for yourself. Mhm. Mm Let's see. Does this count as a trick because it is just such an outrageous thing to be doing on my board? It sure like, seems like it could be. It seems like a newly developed trick because who else in here got wings right now, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Which means I get to name it. <laughs> so that brings me up to what, a total of four? Uh, I think it would, yeah. And if you succeed, you'll get basically um, one turbo uh, one turbo worth of uh, of extra effect and a style point if you succeed. With four dice, I sure hope so. Five, five, three, three. Okay, so on a five, uh, you do it, but there is a, a greater consequence. And so what I think that means is that you're going to get there first, uh, but you're going to take the slam dizzied. Mm -hmm. And you're going to be uh, dizzied for at least the rest of this scene. And okay. I am going to go over I to... I love it. Where do I mark that? Um, I don't know that the that this sheet has a place for slams. Yeah, so. I don't think so. I am just writing it down with my physical human hands. Yeah, just keep track that you're, you're dizzied for the scene. And because this was a stunt, you should mark one style. And I think mm -hmm. the other the other consequence is that I'm going to start a, um, a progress track that is... So in this game, they recommend using, instead of clocks, basically you do the version of playing horse. So mm -hmm. you, you know, there could be a, a consequence clock that is ouch. And so you do, okay, O-U-C-H. And then you'd mark mm -hmm. out O as the first one. 
Um, okay, cool. Um, and so I what, love that. That's very cute. What I think I'm going to do, what I'm going to do here is I'm going to start a a clock that is payback is too many letters. So I'm just going to have it be called burn as in this other team is going to burn mm-hmm. you. Uh, and I'm going to X out the letter B. So three more consequences and they're going to basically get some kind of leg up on you. Mm-hmm. This is something that you could nope, but it would uh, require marking to trouble on your sheet in exchange for blocking that first letter. Yeah, I'm saving my trouble for later. Okay. So yeah, party size, you get the um, the kind of the swinging ball thing. You get some uh, recommendations on your vector and your angle. Do you, are you saying or um, are you saying anything as you kind of fly up uh, whisking forward on your grappling hook to be the first person to get in line as uh, the carryout order window is being kind of slammed up by a, uh, a teenage clerk. Watch this. This is going to be fucking legendary. Um, and so you're you're zipping forward and uh, Finale and the others kind of lean forward and start running faster to try to beat you there. But uh, you are, in fact... Oof, land with style on the kind of uh, shelf ex- that extends out from uh, the takeout area where they would, in fact, uh, put your order. And the clerk who has like a cool, like curly, swoopy red hair undercut um, and is kind of wearing the Greedy Zakaska's uniform like it is like a um, casually must suit. Um, mm-hmm. And they say, Hey, what's up? Party size having like stuck the uh, landing poses very dramatically wings out. Cool. Just like the fluorescents are just shining off their iridescent carapace. <laughs> and so the the uh, the clerk pulls out their phone and be like, "Can I get a picture that's sick as shit?" Hell yeah. So they take a picture and and then ask for your um ask for a social tag. Yes. So they Party size you. Party size gives them the crew hashtag. Awesome. Dismounts the counter, gives the clerk a sticker and a can badge, both of which have party size's face and like finger guns. Awesome. Uh, Go ahead and mark an extra style for that. Because that's very cool. And while I'm faffing about being social, does this give the team time to catch up to me? Yes. So the others are able to kind of come and join you. The The two hive crew is in line, but they're not going to be so so gauche as to like try to get in Teddy and Leah's way. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. you, you've won the first round, you might imagine Finale saying. Uh, and in fact, Leah, as you're walking over, you hear Finale like practicing that line really, really softly <laughs> as if um, she's just getting ready to to bust it out. Leah goes, hey, Frenchie, what's up? <laughs> Just cut, cut Finale off. Hi, Leah, how are you doing? I'm so good. You know, I totally made those muffins you gave me the recipe for, the veggie ones. Sick. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah I've, I've been experimenting with a carrot cake. And I think oh. I think the secret is ginger. Hook me up, man. That would be amazing. I could get some tips from my mom and tell you if you want. Oh, that would be so great. And then like Finale kind of like pushes Frenchie aside and be like, you may have won this battle. 
And then here's where I'm going to ask, what is the name of your, your team? What's the name of your crew? What is the name of our crew? Uh, because uh, that's what, that's the next word that Frenchie is going to use. Oh. If you don't have the name, we can have an opportune honk right here and reveal the crew's <laughs> name later. Yes. Okay. You may have won the first battle, honk, but the war is not over. And I know the secret to free pepperoni. I lean away from Finale to continue talking to Frenchie and say, so I'll talk to my mom and I'll write some stuff down and I'll let you know, yeah? Uh, and Frenchie, because uh, because he's behind Finale, is like gives you a big thumbs up and then kind of uh, goes back to standing at attention um, as Finale is, is slightly seething. Like oh, the, Finale. The, the biggest possible there. wingtip okay. eyeliner. Your eyes are looking pretty pointy today. You okay? And she kind of like uh, strikes a pose so that the light hits just and then all the lines are perfect. I have to be ready to speak with Doris Cow when we get there first with our. All right, cool. Sure. Um, so pizza time. Hey. Um, so we cut back to to party size and um, you're able to, uh, you know, place the order, but then somebody has to provide the money. I'm guessing that's Teddy based on the earlier conversation. Mm-hmm. So I run up to the counter and I take out a sheet of graph paper uh, and then I take out my uh, wallet, which is like tied to my military coat with a wallet chain. I just like take out a handful of bills and just throw it. And then I just hold out this sheet of graph paper and go, do not an Einstein, Tyler's? To the clerk? Yeah. No, uh, elucidate me. So then I proceed to show on the sheet of graph paper a hand-drawn simulation of a singular uh, polygonal tile that can create a pattern of itself in an object fully randomly. And I go, can you make a large Hawaiian sliced like this? So I think I'm going to ask for a role that is you explaining how <clears throat> this thing works so that the clerk can pass it on to the chef. And I'm definitely spending one boost and one kick for this. Okay. So I'll be rolling two dice at extra effect. All right. Ooh, a six and a one. Okay. So yeah, on a six, you are going to, that is going to succeed. And what I'm going to say is that I'm just going to go ahead and give you one style. And part of what that represents is that that pizza is just going to look cool, period, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have longer, you have uh, more time before it loses its kind of polygon freshness, but you'll then get more style if you do get to deliver it because it's going to stand out as uh, a particularly cool order. You know, you're not just getting them a normal Supreme Horde meal deal. You're also delivering other things. You can also order food for yourselves on the uh, if you like, so you have a snack on your way to Gigazoo. Garlic knots. Garlic. Hell nuts. yes, we're getting our garlic knots. I think oh, this yeah. should be what to cure my dizzied. 
condition. Yeah, I think, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you have to you have to wait for 15, 20 minutes for the for the order to be you know, cooked and, and boxed up. Um, by that time, the two hive crew has also placed their order. So they're going to be just a couple of minutes behind you. And based on the time, I'm going to say that I think it probably makes sense for us to take a break just as you step into uh, Gigazoo, unless anybody has something they want to do at uh, Greedy Zakaska's. I just wanted to say that the stuff that I order for the rest of the crew is specifically three big gulps of yes. a lemon lime, a lemon lime soda you. that never stops fizzing, um, and enough garlic nuts to feed the entirety of the French Foreign Legion. Sweet. Okay, this. it's like a surge equivalent. Mm-hmm. It's Sweet. called some like uh, like blast. Mm-hmm. Mike, I would like to retcon a thing about my baseball cap. Okay. It's one of the ones that has the stupid, stupid beer koozies on the side. And those were full of an energy drink, which I have been just inhaling via the little twisty straws that go down to my mouth. Okay. And now I will have the team swap out to fresh cans like they're refueling me. So what I'm going to say, Iori, is I'm going to offer you a trade. You can refresh one of your ticked uh, boosts or turbos if you mark a trouble. <laughs> Is Which, the trouble going to be all this caffeine screws me up later? Basically, growing, uh, building trouble makes you more vulnerable to bigger trouble later, makes the group more vulnerable. But I think a cool way of representing this caffeination here is, you know, you're you're refreshed, but also over-caffeination is a danger, but you're welcome to, to pass yes, on that. Yes, I am ticking a trouble. Cool. Complications uh, are fun. They are very fun. Uh, yeah, so it's, you know, it's a, it's a little bit of a ways over to the portal that it gets you to Gigazoo. And it's pretty populated, so it's going to be hard to make up more time there. So you can just walk and eat. And uh, you get to the portal to Gigazoo, and it opens up. And you kind of, the, the dimensional fabric is pretty thick, so you can't, you can't see a lot through the portal. You do know, you get your, it's clearly that, uh, it's clear that there's like asphalt, concrete, floor right beyond you so you're not going to like fall 100 feet or anything but when you step in you realize that you are on a half collapsed highway and at the edge of uh, the highway before it kind of falls uh, several several dozen feet uh, there is in fact a salvage crab Salvage crabs are a creature from Slug Blaster. These are giant hermit crabs that have salvaged pieces from the rema- the ruins of human civilization on the world of Gigazoo, because Gigazoo is a world where hu- human civilization collapsed because all the animals got super gigantosized. And so there is a 10-foot-tall crab in the hermit crab-, crab style, except it's instead of a shell, it has half of an F-16. And... It's eye stalks turn toward you, and we're going to go on break. Okay, that's a hell of a place to break. Uh-huh. So, Exciting. I love this. Yeah, so we're going to take a break um, to refresh ourselves uh, so that we can bring you more wonderful fun with Slug Blaster. And as a reminder, a break for us is a break for you. So please do what you need to to take care of yourself. Um, drink some water or another good beverage. Use the restroom. 
stretch, move around, check in with whoever you need to check in, maybe give your eyes a break if you need to. And we will be back with more Slug Blaster in just a few minutes. The theme music for Speculate is Yellow Wood by Greg's band, The Road. Find out more at www.thebandtheroad.com. Hi, everyone. If you've enjoyed what we've been doing here on Speculate and you've been thinking to yourself, where can I get more role-playing in my life? Can I recommend arvanelleron.com, A-R-V-A-N-E-L-E-R-O-N.com, where you can check out the Curse of Strahd podcast. This, set in the world of Ravenloft, is a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition campaign, which has been running for a long time with a similar group of players, and which has been both a lot of fun and I think you will find enjoyable. If you like it, please let us know both there and over here. You can subscribe to it on iTunes, Google Play Podcasts, and many other fine podcast providers. Thanks, and we'll see you over there.